Welcome to Gems of Arabia. It's uh, a pleasure and an honor to have you all here at our Ethereal Echoes special episode uh, with our celebrated international artist, Marina Padova. Thank you for making all of this happen and thank you for being here. Thank you very much. Uh, we also have uh, artist extraordinaire, um, one of my personal favorites as well, Rudolf Hamoud. Welcome. It's thank lovely to have you here with us. And uh, Badur, really uh, a force in the, the retail industry in Saudi, uh, single-handedly kind of uh, revolutionized uh, many international brands, uh, from Chanel to Bulgari to Tiffany. Now we're talking uh, with uh, Fida on this incredible concept store that we have here, Moxies. Yeah. So thank you for having us here. Thank you very much for being with us. It's a pleasure. Uh, Marina, tell us. Uh, with the culture being as a muse, uh, what is it about the local culture that inspired you the most uh, in collaborations? So when you see a collaborative effort that happens in, as a uh, heritage itself, how does heritage, what does it embody to you? Uh, from my artistic uh, career, it's not the first time uh, I'm paid tribute to tradition and heritage. Uh, uh, for example, I'm working for Cosmodrome's project since uh, 2017 and it's a multi-clusteral project uh, and it's supposed to be traveling exhibition uh, through, uh, through all the world and uh, that's how um, clusters uh, uh, Chinese fairy tales and Arabian fairy tales appeared. Uh, I'm studying carefully traditions and legends uh, before I start my creation. Uh, Saudi Arabia was a terra incognita for me. And of course, when I start to learn about it, uh, I was uh, surprised, I was excited. Uh, but by such places as, for example, Alaula, uh, which I find uh, cultural and artistic most exciting uh, lo location in Saudi Arabia. Unfortunately, I didn't visit it yet, uh, but I, I, I watched uh, videos and photo reportages, and uh, it's really in my dream list right now. And uh, it's an amazing place uh, that uh, has uh, m like Martian lace landscapes, uh, mountains, and uh, black uh, plateaus, and uh, oases, and especially uh, this uh, architectural elements that uh, were preserved. In my imagination, uh, I, uh, I, I drew the stories how it can be portals to another world. Absolutely. Or for example, Diria, uh, that uh, I hope I pronounced it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Diria, uh, uh, this uh, mud-made uh, architectural uh, elements and the city, it's uh, from one side very traditional, but from the other side, futuristic. Absolutely. Uh, Again, uh, it I, does have a futuristic side as well. Yes, yeah. uh, and uh, I also imagine how, how for centuries it will be preserved. And in one of my paintings, we can see this uh, ancient city in the background of waterfalls and rivers. So uh, planet can change, but this heritage uh, sport will stay. Uh, so for me, uh, Saudi Arabia is an endless source of inspiration, which I'm very thankful and I'm 
happy to be here today with uh, all these uh, nice people. Thank well, you. I'm delighted to have you all here as well. Uh, Lulua, tell us about uh, your creative process and tell us a bit more about uh, how you started creating this incredible, precise um, imagery of Islamic art meets mathematics meets, Islamic, meets calligraphy. Yeah, I think I started like every artist, uh, sketching and drawing, uh, especially portraits. And uh, I left it for a while uh, because uh, I, I really wanted an, a proper education to, uh, to start from. Unfortunately, we didn't have that uh, in the old days. So when I traveled to London, I studied art uh, and design. And Where did you go to school? Uh, I, I went to the American College in London and then I did my MA at Central St. Martin's. Um, and when I um, went to Central St. Martin's, I, I wanted to discover my own culture because I felt that uh, our upbringing, maybe in, in, uh, in Saudi Arabia in the old days, was kind of isolated us from the Islamic heritage in terms of art, uh, not not as of course uh, the practice. Why isolated? Um, I want. I, I still don't understand it. But right now, um, I'm very happy that we are reconnected to our past, to our heritage, and I think this is the biggest achievement of the change we are witnessing right now. Is actually to to uh, celebrate it, reconnect it, and and to be, um, how can I say, to to get inspired of that because we have a great sophisticated ideas that we can get inspired by. So I wanted when I wanted to rediscover that I said I will I will study what geometry is about. Why is it a rigid art, form of art or or what does it mean? Why did they use this? So I went across so many mis misconceptions and, and misunderstanding about the term Islamic art itself and about understanding Islamic art. And unfortunately in the West, um, we only have what they wrote about us. And we were, it, and we, we blame ourselves because we did not write about our own culture so much. And it was misunderstood because it was looked at uh, from an Orientalist point of view, which is a different, which is different from the other culture. And it was misunderstood because they said uh, geometry and calligraphy was chosen because of the prohibition uh, of, of uh, the form, the human form or the animal form, which is totally wrong. Uh, and I actually uh, proved that in my essay in the Center of St. Martins, uh, because there is no proof of that in the religion itself. So I think we, it, this was misunderstood not by the West, but by uh, our culture. Yes. So. I went. I uh, <laughs> I wanted to dive into that geometry, and it was like a sea of knowledge for me. I'm still learning, to be honest. And uh, the precision of what they've done um, is is amazing. It's one of the miraculous mathematics uh, in Islamic art that even 
mathematicians say that these are one of the miraculous uh, mathematician uh, mathematics uh, concepts and, and the geometry that was created by it. And I love the fact that it is, um, it's not about who the artist is, it's about the message in the art. So we don't know who created these geometric viewer uh, heritage that left for us. So I love that, really. And uh, I started, and I didn't want, of course, to uh, reproduce what has been done because it's so great. But I said, nothing can stop us from developing what's been there. So I started to develop, as an, as an artist, the relation between calligraphy and geometry. And there is a very, very deep relation between the two. Um, and uh, I started converting the letters into, um, I mean, I used a mathematical uh, Vedic square to create new codes for each Arabic letter, to create a pattern that is a language more than just a geometric That's pattern. quite a process. It was a process. It took me a year, actually, to get there. <laughs> impressive. Very impressive. Uh, we were talking about our passions, we're talking about uh, the effort, we're talking about things that inspire us, but we also have to have the business acumen and we have to have the know-how of how to position it. And who better than Fida to kind of let us know, give us a bit more de uh, information about your experience in the retail landscape and, uh, and Moxie's as well. Yeah, of course, but before going there, I was very much inspired by both artists here on the panel. And listening to both of them and seeing how they they did not know each other before personally, and they say things that connect very much, I guess, artists first connect. Talking about the land of inspiration, now a new, very inspirational thing, uh, Saudi Absolutely. Arabia and the Arabian land for her marina. And talking about, we just, people don't know us as much as we wanted to know us because we did not write much about them. So now it's a, I can say a land of opportunity for those who want to get inspired. Our land here in Arabia or in other Middle Eastern places where we were being portrayed in some cliche, while it is a, so, a great source of inspiration uh, that we have. Absolutely. And again, talking about the evolution uh, in art, and for me, uh, I can say inspiration is a kind of evolution for everything. That's how we grew. If it was now, uh, Lulwa was talking, she, she took mathematics and mixed it with calligraphy and made art about that. That's a kind of evolution, like you mix two colors and create a new color out of it. And that becomes something to take it further to something else in the future, maybe our children and our grandchildren, which take those spaces and make it an evolution to go somewhere else also which is amazing. That's the same in the retail business, where we tend to see what was working, how is the past, and how we make it into a nice evolution to create a better experience for clients, for people who want to get inspired from retail, because each piece you go and see in a store, in a retail store, is an artwork at the end. Someone put their thoughts or their creativity behind to create it and made it as an artwork. So when you go and browse in the store, you're browsing an art gallery under the name of X yes. brand, but it's pieces of art. 
And from here came Moxies and where we are today in, uh, in this beautiful space. Thanks for accepting being our, uh, well, our, uh, our space being your platform to explore creations and this space uh, when we start thinking about it we had time in fact on the busy retail time I guess COVID gave us time to reflect and to think. <laughs> so we took time and see how we can take retail to a different uh, level knowing that yes major brands are there are strong and they have the capacity to invest to get known. However, how we can attract people to come into a different kind of retail store and live a nice experience. And nurture artists as well. At the same time, how we can bring artists and creators that don't have the maybe financial capability of uh, investment to showcase or to promote their art. And there are a lot, as you might know, Lulva, lots of people must have the talent, but cannot express them for different reasons. And this space uh, is a space where we get in touch with local artists uh, in Saudi Arabia, because we have the same space in the United Arab Emirates, but here in Saudi Arabia. Uh, How long has this space been open now? We opened in February this year, so almost six months, seven months. Okay. Uh, we are still in the stage of working it out and putting the direction we wanted to go, which should start by January, so in two months. And we are collaborating with young Saudi artists, uh, designers or artists in different fields to showcase them in a different way. So mixing, making the merge between art and fashion and retail. Mm. Uh, so from one side, the client entering this space would discover not only beautiful creation, but a total beautiful environment curated by like-minded people. So if it's an artist or it's a businessman or a fashion designer or someone else. So the idea is to come and discover beautiful things in a nice atmosphere. Well, hats off to you uh, for this fantastic space, which we're very proud of. Um, and um, behind me, you have a dress uh, that is designed by Yusuf Akbar. And uh, we, tomorrow, we'll be having a demonstration where Marina will be uh, showcasing her art on the dress itself. So it literally embodies the, the, the marriage between art and fashion, and in particular, international art with Saudi fashion. So I think that this is reiterating the movement that we're all creating, and uh, I'm very excited about this. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. So speaking of uh, some of your very iconic pieces which you have created, in particular the one that's in Al-Ihsa. Uh, and there is, uh, your, how did you choose Al-Ihsa? And what is your uh, process of selection? I, mean, um, I understand that it represents and embodies the idea of an oasis in the desert. Uh, but care to tell us a bit more about uh, where Gems of Arabia, and we talk about the, the, the gems that are also landscapes and locations. So. How do you come to terms with that yourself? Uh, yes, as I already said, uh, Saudi is full of surprises for me. And uh, before, uh, I knew only that uh, Saudi is the driest uh, country in the world, uh, almost with no rivers. And uh, to, to learn about uh, Al-Hassa Oasis was for me like a miracle that uh, 
in a in a center of the desert it's uh, could exist uh, such a miraculous space uh, with uh, i think almost uh, 2.5 million uh, palm trees and uh, I, I know that it's uh, something very special when rain drops and penetrate the ground it stay there like aquifers uh, which uh, gives water to the palm trees which uh, I, I found uh, absolutely exceptional of course uh, such a place uh, could not leave me untouched and uh, inspired uh, for several creations so here in this exhibition uh, there are um, several artworks uh, that uh, inspired by this place and dedicated to oasis. Uh, uh, for example, it's a um, green dress uh, where um, I, I choose uh, to locate uh, a beautiful uh, Yusuf Akbar dress uh, to, to, to among the palm trees. Very uh, Saudi green as well. Green, they capture yes, the right color, uh, yeah. This emerald green, uh, it's very yeah. symbolic uh, for, for Arabian culture. Absolutely. And uh, another creation, with, which I think a central one, uh, it's a palm tree lady, uh, which will uh, welcome us in the enter, entrance of the exhibition. The sculpture. Uh, yes, sculpture. Yes, that you have a, the, at the main entrance, you have a sculpture, and the sculpture is, a, is an inspiration of Al-Ihsa as well. I would say it's a, um, like a main point, and uh, it's the, the, the main uh, item of this exhibition. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I'm not maybe professional, of course, I, I don't know uh, as well as you Arabic, uh, Arabic history and tradition, but it struck me that, uh, uh, and I was again surprised, as you said, that a lot of things very unknown for us Europeans about is Islamic uh, art and history, that in the pre-Islamic uh, pre time, it was three godness, uh, and uh, one of them was uh, Al-Alat, and she was a goddess of fertility, love, and nature. And for me, somehow, uh, this uh, oasis and this goddess, they become uh, something uh, like together, something emerged, yeah. unique. And that's how this sculpture was born. I imagine uh, uh, this goddess uh, that she uh, preserved and care and give her, uh, give her support to this place. And also, I discovered uh, that uh, Alalat, uh, she, she was uh, mostly represented in white uh, color. That's why I also choose a white color for, for my sculpture. Uh, so, yes, for me, as a European artist, it's very interesting to dive in the Islamic history and uh, discover these new things. Uh, Absolutely, and uh, definitely one of the pièces de résistance that you have at the entrance. Uh, everyone that will come for the ex exhibition, we'll be able to see it uh, at, at the main entrance. Uh, so, Lulua, tell us, uh, your involvement in linguistics as well, I believe, right? I know. Huh? <laughs> there is... Maybe, there's a link, maybe? There is, yes, I mean, definitely, your work uh, speaks for many different uh, regions. Uh, but when you are in the process of designing, uh, it's very much uh, relevant to Arab culture. But at the same time, I feel like it has appeal, an international appeal. How does one achieve that cultural resonance when they create something locally with so Islamic uh, influence, Arabic influence, uh, but at the same time, it has such an incredible appeal internationally? How does one achieve that? Before I answer that question, I must say, I mean, after you said that Saudi Arabia is full of surprises, it's full of surprises mm -hmm. to us as well, <laughs> Saudis, because we are discovering also our 
our country. I mean, Al-Ula is, is new to us. And mm. when I went there, it was really magic. And uh, to answer your question. It's almost like we are rediscovering our culture. Everything, everything. And I feel really proud every time I see something that I haven't seen before. Yeah. And I say, I'm, I'm so happy to live this period because I'm witnessing, you know, that change. I'm witnessing, you know, these discoveries that has not been there for us before. Yes. Um, it's it's a really uh, amazing time. Um, I, I love, I mean, how this brought us together because we're speaking um, a universal language. Art is a universal language. Uh, fashion can be a universal language. And uh, this is why my art maybe was appealing also to, to different cultures. To start with, Islam itself is a universal concept. It was not, it, it did not come to certain uh, race or, or certain color of people. It was for the whole world. So it's art is exactly the same thing. Yeah. If we understand it correctly, this is what it is. It's, it's a message for the whole world. It's not, I mean, it's a connection with God. And it's a connection with, with the creation itself. Yes. It, to find yourself in this in this whole creation, whether I used uh, calligraphy, whether I used letters, uh, whether I used geometry, it is a universal language. But it's also um, not only universal in time in, in terms of, of space, but it's also um, continuous and uh, eternal. It's an eternal language. And it's also about changing perception. It's about uh, changing the narrative and showcasing that something classic or something um, that appears to be primitive yeah. can also be very progressive and modern. Um, Futuristic as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah completely agree. Uh, Fida, so what, what are your thoughts on uh, the evolution of, of classic uh, concepts that, can, that are locally uh, perceived as something very traditional? but then also kind of translate internationally. I'm sure that you've seen a surge of an evolution of a different in taste and people kind of, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, the younger generation, like my, my nephew, uh, is, loves the brand, but also likes something local. Do you feel like the local perception now are also appreciating the merge between international and local? I guess it's not only about the local, especially for the young coming. Yes. They want to express themselves. Uh, and we're seeing more and more, especially with the younger generation, they are a bit going away from the brands that can be copy-paste or imposed on them with the style and with the design and with the look and going more for creators that are doing things that reflect them as clients and reflect their personality in fashion, in art, in everything that goes around, especially when, when we see them coming here to Moxie's, obviously I have clients at Moxie's totally different from me, who is the old generation client. They come and they don't just accept what is on this rail or this rail, they go and mix and match mm. whatever is here. More individuality. To, exactly, to express their individuality. And that's becoming more and more common and the most interesting thing is that they are inspiring their elder yeah. and a mom would come with her daughter and her daughter is working on the look rather if you remember like 10-15 years before
support for the mom who is coming and telling, okay, you have to dress up like this or like this. It's totally so, so they're the decision makers now. Exactly. And we feel it a lot now. Uh, okay. It's a bit confusing for a retailer, especially with the big retailers, which are, if I can say, the big machines to change direction on how we do the retailing at the shop floor, not just the marketing, even the retailing and how the team at the shop floor should handle this kind of new client who knows what they want, who know, who knows how I want to style myself in a different way. And again, talking about styling, it's all about art again. It's about mixing colors. It's about mixing shapes together. It's all an art space to come and curate for themselves, for their wardrobe, their art pieces. And in, in case uh, you know, everyone is aware that the, the ethereal echoes is this movement. This is what it's creating. It's creating a merge between international artists and local fashion designers. So um, I was just looking at this uh, <laughs> VR of Yusuf Akbar's dress, and uh, it just kind of reiterates the fact that you know, it's very much uh, Saudis also has a very youthful side, and uh, a huge portion of the, of the community in Saudi is under. 25. So we're talking about a very uh, progressive, modern uh, way of approaching uh, retail art that is expected. And I'm really excited to see what's, what's to come for the exhibition as well. Uh, moving on to Marina, there's one incredible uh, VR uh, movement that's being created. Uh, when, when you uh, have, you're going from the art, the actual art, to the canvas, and then into VR. And that whole process and transition, of obviously, uh, with Cosmo Dreams and with Ethereal Echoes, what, what you are creating is a merge between your actual art and taking people being able to go into the world of your art through VR. Mm -hmm. uh, how does this transition happen? And what, what, what is the creative process for that? I mean, it's, it's, I know it's difficult enough to create the actual art itself, which is incredible, but what about the other part? Um. Actually, for me, it's easier to create <laughs> traditional art or even canvas. Okay. Uh, yes, um, digital tools, uh, they meant to bridge uh, actually younger generation uh, with uh, traditional art. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, what uh, we see right now in Europe, uh, I notice, uh, which is very different, for example, from China or or Eastern world, uh, that uh, people, they're losing interest. Uh, unfortunately, art becoming out mode. Uh, and to attract uh, young generation, we find this uh, trick uh, to show art uh, through, through the screens of their phones. Yeah. And maybe then they will pay attention to urban canvas painting. But uh, for me, it was also appeared like a new tool in my palette. And, uh, I, I changed my uh, perception of it. Uh, before I considered myself as very conservative uh, artist, but at the end uh, I found uh, that the digital, it's very nice new tool that helps uh, to express uh, my art better. And um, of course the process itself is uh, very different. When I'm uh, working on my um, painting, it's only uh, my responsibility. I'm the, the only one crea creator. When we are doing AR and VR, it's more teamwork. Mm. And it reminds me like a movie creation. Uh, I'm doing sketches, I'm writing scripts, then we're creating 3D models and do animation. It's a teamwork. But I'm still trying to, uh, to keep my idea as uh, close as possible. And uh, 
for me, it's a way uh, to show my inner movie to the, to the audience. Because art is very subjective and every, everyone can have uh, its own uh, perception and its own uh, imaginative world. So for me, it's just a way to share more uh, what uh, in my head. Absolutely. For people to go into your universe exactly. and make them uh, sense uh, art through a different lens. And this is basically what, what uh, you know, what the, the work is, is all about. And yes. you literally get to go into the world of the artist. Uh, uh, I can't tell you the reaction that I've had from uh, so many people just from a few snippets that we've had on, on social media. Um, and one day maybe you can also look into creating this, uh, coming into this world as well. Uh, but I understand uh, what do you believe about the, the, the teachings of uh, heritage through art. Uh, I believe that you, you, you're a beacon of that in the sense where you, uh, your inspirations and uh, what your work represents is everything uh, that relates to heritage. How can you ensure that academically, how can you ensure, is there a way that this legacy of yours can continue? What do you advise uh, artists? What kind of steps do they need to take? Because obviously not everyone has this emphatic and passionate first sight because it's quite a difficult art movement to create, but how would you encourage it? Do you mean encouraging uh, academic learning? Teachings, yeah. Yeah, um, I believe in education so much. And I, I believe that even exhibitions uh, are, are uh, educational. I believe that when you go to a museum, it's educational. But it has to start also from an early age at school. Um, I know now they are uh, including, uh, they have included me also in the curriculum of, of art education in Saudi Arabia and other artists as well, which is a great thing to do. Um, it's just uh, about, you know, at least introducing uh, these... Uh, you say it in a very modest way. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, we, if art doesn't keep us modest, it's useless. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's, it's, it's about the message in the art. It's not about me as a person, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's what I leave behind. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's not me. It's, it's the art that will stay. Uh, behind me. I, I live temporarily in this world um, and my art is going to stay much longer than me. My, the message in my art is going to stay much longer than me. Um, so it has to be about the art and I think this is something that um, it's... It's, uh, it's a legacy. Also it's about legacy. Yeah, it's, it's also uh, a way of um, self-discipline. Tahdib uh, al-Nafs uh, through art as well, which I believe in very much. Uh, I don't know how to translate Tahdib al roh or Tahdib al-Nafs. Discipline. Of, uh, I mean, discipline, yeah. Self-awareness self, uh, of, of what yes. you're doing, yes. yes. Yeah. And um, um, I'm, I'm happy to find, actually, that kind of art that really changed me from deep within. Um, and I think that is uh, <laughs> the best thing that ever happened to me through my research and through my art, that I learned um, what people leave behind is actually much more important than the people themselves. Um, we go back to education. I think education is very important. Uh, as, as I said, the most important thing about art and culture is that 
it brings people together. You find a lot of similarities away from politics and away from everything else. Through culture, you find that we have the same ideas. We have the same background when it comes to, there are a lot of similarities in, in so many different cultures, no matter where you go. Uh, I mean, I, I found similarities in Japanese uh, art. I found similarities in Western art, or Western art. And it's, it's basically the same uh, message. People are trying to express what they believe in, what they feel. And we are, as human beings, are the same at the end. Um, so I think education is very important because it really dissolves that uh, space between us and other cultures. Um, and also it makes people understand um, who made it in their country and uh, why they made it and what, what they added to their art, what's new uh, yeah. in, in their art. So yeah, I believe in education very much. Well, uh, I mean, uh, def there's definitely a legacy there. And as you mentioned, art is definitely a universal language uh, that many relate to uh, and, and passion comes through th with it. Speaking of uh, legacy, and speaking of uh, making a mark and uh, bringing communities together through, uh, through art, through, through fashion, uh, what, what kind of legacy would you like to leave Fida uh, uh, with the retail experience that you have created over the years because um, many are aware also but Fida will not will not tell you but the experience that he has uh, he has had and he has also been a mentor to many of us uh, in the retail field uh, working with Chanel and, and Bulgari and most of the LVMH groups uh, when Saudi didn't have an ecosystem didn't have this kind of uh, vision uh, so uh, I just wanted to to point that out, that we've, we've learned, he's been a great teacher to all of us. Uh, but what, what, what is it that you think uh, important element that can be left in the retail environment when you apply it to the local narrative? What will differentiate us from uh, the rest of the world? Uh, first of all, in terms of uh, retail, lots of people, when they think about retail, they take out the creativity side of it. Believe me, I struggled much personally because I started my career in communication and marketing. And when I wanted to move to retail, yeah. uh, not everybody was convinced uh, that a marketing person or a creative person could become a commercial person, which personally I was convinced that yes, it can be because everything needs creativity. Yeah. Everything needs the other side of the brain. And, um, and they have to go hand in hand. And they should go hand yeah. in hand. Because if you don't have the creativity, we, we would have stayed, as far as I know, back in the 80s, selling items from behind the counter like we do in a pharmacy today. So if there were no creative people to create client experience, adapt client experience to the time where we are living, Regardless how old is this person, he has to put his feet in the shoe of a client and see what today the client wants and they creatively uh, make the strategies and the retail space adapted for them. What I would love to 
to have in the future is, well, I always want to work with creative people in terms of retail. And I always enjoy the time I talk, or if maybe I teach, or I mentor in a way or another, those young creative people to understand uh, the importance of putting the commercial side to the creative side. Of, of the camera we were talking to, discussing with Lulua, the subject of being creative doesn't mean you shouldn't be commercial at the same time. Artists, whatever kind of art they are doing, mm. should survive and should feel the success of their creativity monetized in a way or another. And to do that, they have to have from one side their creative side and from the other side, that commercial and business side. Absolutely. Okay. In order to be able to present their creativity and their creation to the public, or else it would be like a beautiful woman locked inside a room and is not going outside for people to discover her beauty and to go more social. Okay. So. That's the role, the commercial role of the artist to bring its work outside in a commercial way and to make it available as much as possible to its own public. And what could be more symbolic than this collaboration with Ethereal Echoes, with Marina and Yusuf Akbar, uh, Yusuf Akbar also being placed at a major location in Riyadh. Uh, and thank you, Mar Marina, as well. And thank you, uh, Fida, for making it happen. And thank you, Lulua. But before we go, I would like to ask uh, Marina, what, what do you think about legacy? You, you already created a new narrative with your art and VR. Uh, but what would be your idea of successful uh, cultural approach? And what, what is legacy to you? Like, what kind of legacy would you want to leave with your art? Uh, speaking about uh, cross-cultural collaboration, yeah. uh, I, I would say that uh, it's very important for us to be mind open and uh, not to be too afraid to dive in another culture and uh, for me to this experience it was quite new and it, but very exciting yeah. uh, I would say it uh, my in my first uh, collaboration with a fashion designer yes uh, but also uh, about legacies uh, I'm absolutely agree that uh, uh, it's our, our Artworks uh, remains after us, and uh, it's how people will remain, uh, remember us. But it's also very important uh, to share our our craftsmanship. And uh, for example, recently uh, we, we've been in China uh, to participate um, Art Zero Twenty One Art Fair, and uh, as well uh, I did a workshop and masterclass in Siva, which is Shanghai Institute Visual Arts and uh, they are open for new technologies and for them it's also something uh, that uh, just appeared and very interesting and uh, I explained uh, to students uh, about my creative uh, process how from classical work uh, all on canvas I go to to virtual world and how I make this story longer and I saw this interest in the eyes of students how they excited how they inspired uh, and I'm sure that uh, of course it's only a step uh, art and technology will go further but it's very important to, to give uh, an impulse to give this imp inspiration to younger generation so they keep being creative and yes. open-minded and uh, 
open to discover new world, new cultures, new traditions. So I would advise uh, for new generation uh, be uh, be receptive and open-minded. Absolutely. When it resonates, when the art resonates to uh, all generations, then you can make sure that it, it, it will make a mark and it will remain in, in our passions and in our hearts. Uh, but thank you all for being part of this today. Thank you. Uh, pleasure. It's my pleasure. And uh, just so everyone knows, this exhibition will be at Moxie's Marina Fertora art exhibit called Ethereal Echoes. will be at Moxie's for the next two weeks. Century of Mall. Uh, Century of so do not, do not miss it. I guarantee you, you will be transported into another world. So thank you and uh, see you soon.